All right, what is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another week of Saber Sims DFS Office Hours. It is Monday, May 22nd of 2023. Here we have a seven game MLB main slate, we have a uh, one game NBA showdown for tonight with the Lakers and Denver, and then we also have a one game NHL showdown over. Um, on, on the NHL side of things here. So it should be fun. Plenty of DFS action coming at you today as well as this week. For those of you who are new here, welcome. My name is Andrew, one of the coaches over here at Sabersim. It's a show where we go over how to use the Sabersim app, answer any and all DFS-related questions. Questions can come in via support. You can reach us at support at sabersim.com via live YouTube chat or in the office hours channel in our discord. If you're not in our discord, there is a link in the description below in this video to get joined up and get signed up. Uh, we have a seven day, no strings attached free trial. Check us out. Come and get your questions answered Monday through Friday, 2 PM Eastern right here on this show. But with that being said, going to get the app pulled up here. Uh, quite a few questions to get through today. I think I had about three questions come in via support here. So that is where we will start. And we will go to the Discord from there, then to the YouTube chat, where we get to all the questions before the end of the show. But first question says, is there a specific cutoff for Saber score you would want to set want to set to enter 20 max with 29,000 entries? Or are all this supposed to be 500 viable for entry here? Okay, so... Um, good question. I do not know what sport this is for. So I'm going to approach this as if this is an MLB question here. Uh, really the answer is the same, uh, for me across, you know, if I were to compare it to like NBA or something like that. So let's just like make our two projection adjustments here. I'm going to come in here. I'm going to set up my settings. So it'll be exactly what you see here on the top, uh, GPP 20 max 10 to 50 K entrance, which is where 29 K would fall right in this range. And then I'm going to build a pool of 500 lineups here. So exactly uh, the exact scenario being being described here. So going to let these lineups run. And then we will jump right in here and start talking about Sabre scoring and, and uh, things to look out for and watch, etc. All right. Lineups are loading. And we are now in the post build here. Um, so... Right away, uh, going to get into the post build here. So when I, when I'm trying to figure out, you know, what what lineups I want to take with me into my contest, etc. Here, uh, I'm not looking for a specific saber score number here. Saber score is going to vary uh, pretty significantly here. So even though you know our 20th ranked lineup here is saber score 86.3, I'm not super concerned about that, right? Uh, so really, what I'm trying to do is. Uh, find a set of lineups that, that I'm ultimately comfortable with here. And the way that I start doing this is by first increasing my min uniques. And, and let's say that, you know, we're going for a very, very diverse approach here, right? We're going to try and get as, as many uh, uniques as possible here, right? So at nine min uniques, we run out of enough lineups in our pool here. There's only nine lineups that have nine different players from every other lineup in a set here, right? So we're going to have to go down to eight. So we go down to eight, uh, not enough lineups still, right? Only 18 lineups. So then we're going to have to go to seven. So seven is going to be our starting point here. Um, 
I think that this is fine, right? We're our bottom lineup here is lineup 202 out of 598 lineups here. Um, but you know that this is just a starting point, right? We're going to come in here. We're going to make some more adjustments. Maybe I don't want to play any three stacks. Maybe I don't want to play any four stacks, right? I want at least a five stack here. Um, I'm just trying to be like really aggressive to make us have to go lower and lower the pool here. So then, um, pretty good there so far. Maybe I want to like play some more Miami here. Uh, you know, maybe I want Miami to be like my highest owned stack here. Okay. Boom. Unable to meet exposures. Right. So then what I'm going to do is I'm going to, I'm going to walk this back a little bit. Right. So, so what the builder is saying is that even though I have a 35 in my main exposure at Miami, it's telling me like, Hey, we can only get you 25% of Miami here. Right. So I'm going to go down to 25. Uh, that message is going to go away. And then now I'm going to have my lineups here, right? Uh, so let's say I don't want to make any more changes, right? I kind of want to analyze my build and figure out, hey, you know, am I okay? Um, I'm not going to go and look at Saber score here. I'm not going to say, oh, you know, 78.7, uh, is, is that too high or too low? Really what I'm judging my lineups on is, is how far down in my pool am I going to get these lineups here, right? So for me, um, if, if I were to get to this point and I were to see that, you know, out of 598 lineups in my pool, I'm using lineup 591, 589, 587. Like I'm using a lot of lineups from very, very low in the pool. Uh, that That is a direct effect that I am having on the builder with the decisions that I am making. So what happens is all your lineups get built and then SaberScore is going to look at the strength of all of these lineups based on the variables in the Sabre score formula, which is uh, average projection, lineup per 99th percentile, and average adjusted own for this version that we're using here. And then the builder is going to say like, hey, uh, we think that you know these lineups should move up and then these lineups should move down based on this formula here, right? And and what's going to happen is, you know, the 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 lower graded lineups are going to be toward the bottom, right? So, so you should be trying to play more of the top, uh, but, but not too many of these like uh, highly correlated lineups. Right. So, so it gets kind of muddy. It gets kind of, uh, it gets kind of turns into like this balancing game. Like, okay, you know, I want to play lineups that are graded really well, but I also want to get diverse. Um, but I also want to play some of the stacks that I want to get to. Right. So you kind of have to figure out, you know, what is the correct balance here? And, and for me, it's always been, okay, let's, let's, let's favor the top lineups, but let's not fall in love with them. Let's get to some of the things I want to get to, but let's make sure that I do all of that and and stay and try and stay away from the lineups at the bottom of my pool. That's that's basically what I'm trying to do here, right? So I'm okay. Uh, frankly, I would be okay with this, right? If we had lineup 489, but then we make a big jump to lineup 441, but then we make another big jump to lineup 370. So so in this example, I have two lineups between lineups 400 and 500. I have one lineup in lineup 300, and then I, I all of my other lineups are up are. 299 and above, right? So I have three lineups total below lineup 300, which is about 60% of the way into my pool. And then the other 17 lineups are all from, from that uh, top 60%. And then the only the three lineups from the bottom 40% here, right? So I'm okay with this. Um, I think that, you know, we're, we're making big jumps. We're not making um, these, these huge, uh, 
we're not seeing like these big clusters of lineups at the bottom. So I think that, you know, when you start to see a bunch of lineups from the bottom of your pool in your set of 20, I think you might be making too many adjustments. But uh, again, you know, this isn't really a question of, you know, what is the right Sabre score number for me? Um, I'm judging my lineups based on where they where they rank compared to the other lineups here. So um, I, I just, te- I tend to not use Sabre score for that specifically here. All right. Good question from support. Uh, we will get a timestamp recording of this question back over to you. Next question that came in from support here. Question says, in MLB, what is the best combination of settings or process to get the most amount of different stacks as possible, as close as possible to each team having at least one stack with every other team here? Uh, so so really good question here. So I think that, you know, Mini Nice again is going to be like a, a really good friend of yours here. So there's seven games on tonight's slate. There are 14 teams. Uh, when I put my mini uniques up to the max here and we're saying max relative to running out of lineups in your set here um that ends up being the best way to get as much exposure to as many teams as possible here so i'm actually getting 12 out of 14 and then what you could do is you could just come in here and set a min exposure of i would just do of one here to the teams that you're not seeing and then um let that work its way into your lineups from there. So my mini niece of seven was uh, not allowing this Oakland stack to get into my set here. What I did was I set the one exposure to Oakland and then I lowered my mini niece down to six. And then I was able to get to the Oakland stack that I wanted. So I would say mini niece is going to be your fastest way to get as diverse as possible. And then just a little fine tuning with some manual min exposures here on the team stacks tab should get you what you are looking for. But another good question there. Uh, we will get that timestamp back over. And then last question from support before we jump over to the Discord here. says, hey, Jordan, I guess what would be the best strategy to get that one last person to get over the top? That is usually the issue for me. Typically, I play about uh, seven, I'm going to say lineups here. And of the seven, at least at, uh, one will win the very minimum. So, so kind of a question about how to find high upside plays, how to, you know, uh, get that, get that lineup combination that really pushes you to the top for your GPPs here. So not sure, um, what sport this is specifically for, but I'm going to talk about it as if this is MLB here. Um, so, so a couple things with this one, right. Uh, in, in a sport like MLB, where players are super high variance, uh, you don't always need every single player in your lineup to have a great day to, to win your contest, right? And I think that is something that we have done a very good job of trying to um, show in the builder with lineup percentiles here. So usually, uh, so, so in the home screen, we have player percentiles, which is like, hey, you know, if I were to click on any of these individual uh, players and, you know, we see the player's range of outcomes, uh, what is the outcome that this player scores in their, like, um, in their best top 5%, uh, what's their best top 5% score across the Sims, right? So a 95th percentile is like, hey, what is the score that this player achieves in the sim 5% of the time. And then that will kind of give you some ideas about the player's upside, right? So we can go to the home screen really quickly here and, and I could show that, right? Um, so, so if I wanted to look at batters and I wanted to look at, you know, just 
the highest projected batters here. So Ronald Acuna, right? Uh, his 95th percentile is 27 points. So what we're saying is like, hey, in 5% of our sims for Ronald Acuna, uh, which is, you know, uh, shown by by this uh, range of outcome chart here, he's going to score 27 per- points 5% of the time. He's going to score 35 or more points 1% of the time. So this is individual player percentiles, right? So when people want to see like, hey, you know, uh, what is the upside of my lineups? I think intuitively, you know, people first, the first place they go is like, well, why don't I take all these 95th percentiles and add them up, right? But that's not really a good way to judge a group of players here because basically what you're doing is you're taking the outcome that uh, we'll use this lineup here. Christian Javier has one out of 20 times. And then you're parlaying that with a one out of 20 outcome for Castillo, one out of 20 outcome for Perez, et cetera, et cetera here, right? So the the odds of this end up being, you know, one over 20 to the 10th power. Uh, if you're trying to find, you know, the, the 95th percentile by multiplying all of the 95th percentile point projections, but, but that isn't very accurate. That outcome isn't going to happen very often. So what we do instead is once we build a lineup, what, what we do is we go back into our Sims and we look at how this combination of players did across all of the outcomes uh, that we built there. So by doing that, we're able to create lineup percentiles. So what, what a 95th percentile of a lineup is saying is saying, Hey, 5% of the time, this lineup as a whole scores 155.27 points in the Sims here. So this is a lot more achievable, right? This is a one out of 20 outcome for this lineup, not one out of 20 to the 10th power for the lineup as a whole. And then the other thing is like, you know, when you, when you play, especially baseball, we might have a giants five man stack. Um, Lamonte Wade jr. Might, you know, have like 10, 12 points, uh, maybe Tyro Estrada goes over four, right? And has zero points. Maybe he gets like one walk has two points, but then maybe JD Davis, it's like two home runs. Right. Uh, so, so you're not going to get, you know, each player scoring, you know, 20 plus points. It's, it's usually a mix and match, right? Uh, there are plenty of times where winning lineups in MLB contests will have zero, a zero in their lineup, maybe two points, three points, a guy with five points, right? Uh, that that's really the nature of baseball here, right? It's very, very different from something like NBA. So the lineup percentiles are a huge help to understanding, you know, how this lineup does overall here. Um, I would say that, you know, a a great thing that, that I just want to make sure you're always using if you're not here is make sure that your SIM diversity is, is up, you know, depending on the contest. So SIM diversity here, what it's going to do is it is going to control the size of the number of random sims that we pull from the builder when building your lineups. So the higher sim diversity, the smaller number of sims we're going to use for building each lineup. Uh, This is a great way to get high upside plays because what happens is that, you know, a player's average projection for batters might be, you know, 10 points for Ronald Acuna, right? But if you go in, into his sim distribution here, he's only scoring 10-ish points. You know, th- this is like 10 to 12 probably right here, uh, this this bar. And this is like 7% of the time. Uh, normally what happens is that he has all these big outcomes where he gets, you know, 30-plus points. And then he has all these outcomes where he gets, you know, 0 to 5. And all of these outcomes average out to this number that he actually doesn't achieve that often. That number is not super useful to us, Right. So what we want to know is like, hey, you know, uh, 
how many points is he actually scoring uh, in these sims that we're using? So what we're doing is at sim diversity nine, uh, I don't know the exact number here, but let's say like five sims. We're pulling five game sims from that Atlanta game. We are adding up the fantasy points that Acuna scores in each of those five games. And then we're using the average from that set as his projection when we go and grade the players to ultimately build your lineups here, right? Uh, this this number, this this theoretical number of five gets bigger and bigger the smaller sim diversity is. So players move towards their average projection as sim diversity gets down. So you're going to end up with more of the best plays on average. That can be okay depending on the format that you're playing, right? The number of entries in the contest, the entry limit, et cetera, things like that. But if you're playing like bigger, bigger GPPs, you know, um, make sure that that this sim diversity is high. And we're going to do that automatically for you here for the most part, like your 20 maxes and your 150 maxes. We understand how important sim diversity is, but it's just an important concept to grasp here. And this is ultimately how we help you get higher upside plays in your lineups. So hang in there. Uh, th those, those wins are coming. Uh, you know, keep, keep learning, keep asking questions and we will get a timestamp recording of this over to you. All right. Uh, those are all the questions in the uh, that came in via support here. We are going to jump over to the Discord here. And looks like first question here from AJ. Uh, this is a good question here. AJ said, is there a way to see team stack projected ownership? Uh, so technically there is not. Uh, we do not have like a, uh, a summary of individual player exposures to like team stack uh, projected ownership here. But something that I personally do here to try and solve this problem a little bit is what I will do is I will click on an individual team and we're going to use the highest projected team here as an example, which looks like Miami and Colorado here. Uh, and then I will sort by order. So, so first thing is filter for the team using the filter icon and then filter by order here. I have this point projection filter uh, on just because I don't want to see all the batters with a zero. Uh, I think they just like clutter my screen. So then I just put that point projection filter on and then I hide those players with this little eye icon over here on the side. And then I look at like the top uh, five to six batters in the order and I look at their Oh my gosh. I look at their ownerships here and then I try and basically estimate uh, what this is. It, it's not a perfect science, but it does give you a rough idea of what these team stacks are going to come in at. So Miami is just like out of this world today, 41% leadoff hitter. And then basically almost everybody is at least 20% owned here. So if I were looking at this, you know, I, I would look at this team and I would say, wow, I would think that this team is going to be at least stacked 30 to 35% of the time. And I would just, I just write that down. And I usually go through and do this exercise for basically every team over five implied runs, just to give me a general sense of like what the top team stack exposures are going to be. So like I'd like Miami, Colorado, Seattle, and Atlanta. And I would just like knock those four teams out. So Miami, I would say is like 30 to 35% here. Um, I would say Colorado is closer to like, 10-ish percent. I would say Seattle is, I'd say like 5 to 10% is like a fine estimate here. And Atlanta is about 5 to 10%.
like as well. And and these are estimations, but this just gives me a general sense for when I'm going through my team stacks tab and making decisions about uh, leverage on certain teams. Just having that general idea is is usually useful for me here. So so that is the best way that I uh, know how to do it at the moment. But maybe other members or users in the discord in the community uh can have some ideas so a question like that you know where you're looking for like a wide range of feedback um i think that you know posting a posting a message in the mlb channel in discord and getting some ideas from other users can definitely be helpful all right uh next question here from j sams jr question says what is a good way to narrow down the batters and pitchers with the highest upside? Also, how do you read the graphs when it comes to a player's potential outcome for fantasy points? Okay, so uh, we, we kind of talked about the, this high upside already, uh, John. And uh, if you are um, if you missed it, just, just watch this segment before we talked about it, uh, talking about, you know, how to find high upside plays. I will answer the second part. It says, how do you read the graphs when it comes to a player's potential outcome for fantasy points? Uh, so, so basically if we were to click on any player, I'm going to, uh, we use batters here again. Uh, so I'm going to go back to this Acuna one. Um, just, just a little brief overview. So, so basically what happens is this is a histogram of the player's outcome across the Sims. And every time a player's outcome falls in, in, um, one of these buckets like we we this is how we're showing it to you right so basically at this point we're saying that hey uh ronald acuna scores zero points 18 percent of the time and then we're saying he scores 30 points one percent of the time so x-axis here is fantasy points and then this y-axis is the percents which is this is the percent of time that this outcome occurs right so that is what this is describing so this is a good visualization of how variant hitters are in baseball. And then if you go and compare that to something like pitchers here, where their distribution is going to be uh, a lot more uh, normally distributed, which obviously not a perfect bell curve here, but you see some remnants of this nice bell curve shape here, but their most likely outcomes are going to be a lot closer to their average projection here, which is the exact opposite of what we see with the batters here. So that's why a lot of people say, hey, it's better to eat the chocolate pitcher and get different with hitters because hitters are so variant. Uh, kind of comes from this line of thinking with how their uh, range of outcomes look on a, on, a, on a graph here. All right, next question here comes from... Uh, okay, so it looks like we're actually through all the questions in the Discord here. We're going to jump over to the YouTube chat. Uh, one, just quick note here from Ryan. Ryan said the best SS content is usually around bankroll management and variance management. The Downswing Pro video was a great watch. Uh, so this is the latest Pro video that we released on Friday. We re released Pro exclusive content. It's usually one video every single Friday here or, or one video a week. So just another great reason to be on the Sabres and Pro plan. This is probably one of my favorite uh, features of the Pro plan aside from the 5,000 lineups. But thank you for the feedback, Ryan. All right, jumping over to the YouTube chat here. Uh, quick note, uh, Kurt said, ha, learned something new again today. I hate the zero point projection clutter. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I definitely hate it too here, right? Especially just uh, want to scroll, just want to see what you want to see. So 
adding, adding a filter, you know, if you, if you go and look at all your batters here, the lowest projected batter is usually more than four points, just like on average here. If you scroll down, I, I usually never see anybody with a point projection lower than four as a hitter. Uh, so I just set that at four and then I just, um, hide remove players and then boom they're gone and, and the clutter is gone so that is one way to clear up your screen a little bit here all right uh question from self said do you decide what picture to go with or you let the op optimizer decide for you uh so usually what i do uh to make some of these decisions is i like to run a research build so i will come into the builder uh, build screen, I would turn correlation to zero. I will turn sim diversity to nine. I will run a build like this. The reason I do this is I want to see how pitchers grade out against ownership with correlation off. So I do not want, if you go, if you go and look at any pitcher, right? We're going to click on Castillo here. Uh, he, he, even he has, you know, positive and negative correlations here, right? And Obviously, highest negative correlations are to Oakland. I'm actually surprised to not see more correlations with you. Sometimes what you'll see is like a uh, pitcher will have positive correlations to his batters because when the batters do good, that gives him a better chance of having a win. And so that can like artificially boost his, his points a little bit here. Um, but basically, I'll run this 0-9 build. I will go and see the leverages of my pitchers and, and see how they're matching up against ownership. And then I will use that as kind of my reference or my baseline. And then when I go and run my actual build, I will look at, you know, okay, with correlation and, and um, with Sabre score, you know, who is Sabre Sim determining are the best plays on the slate at pitcher. And then I will just make sure that, you know, nothing is, is way out of line from that baseline build from that, uh, closer to like raw optimal build for the pitchers. And then I will, um, you know, pretty much be okay if if everything kind of matches up uh, fine. I think that, you know, if I were to see something where maybe I was getting a lot of uh, exposure to somebody like Tanner Hook, who's, you know, ownership of, of 8%, but maybe this ownership is closer to 40%. You know, to me, Sabersim is saying, hey, this is, this is a leverage play at this point. Sabersim, with with all ownership and percentiles and projection considered here, saying, hey, you know, uh, Tanner Hook is, is a good leverage play. I want you to play more of him. And then I would think about that research build that I ran, like, okay, you know, um, we didn't see this much Tanner Hook, so maybe, maybe I'm okay having, like, 3x ownership leverage here as opposed to uh, 40%, right? So then maybe I bring this down to, like, 24%. And I'm just I'm just artificially adjusting the numbers here, but I would set a max exposure in that regard. So just having some type of baseline is is how I figure out uh, what pitchers I'm ultimately comfortable with. But I'm not adjusting it unless there is something that I feel is out of line. But I'm just giving you one example of why I would make an adjustment if what I saw from the two builds was was uh, very very different. All right, uh, Montero. Uh, direct follow-up on on this question specifically here so we'll stick with this one says andrew do you mind giving a quick overview of how to use leverage sorting for pitchers and batters i still find it confusing uh yeah totally here um so so basically this leverage column what this is is it is your exposure in your set of lineups this percentage this 85 percent 
minus the player's ownership here. So if you're building lineups, uh, you should know that, hey, I have 85%, 85% of my lineups have Luis Castillo here. We are projecting that the field will own this player 50% of the time. So then what that means broken down is like, hey, uh, we're expecting, well, on average, we're expecting every single person's like person entering the contest, their portfolio to have 50% Lewis Castillo lineup. So 10 out of their 20 lineups on average will have Castillo. So if you are making the decision to have Castillo in 17 out of your 20 lineups, you have more Castillo on average than the other users here, right? So what we're saying is like, hey, uh, 35% more of your portfolio includes this player than other users' portfolios here. So you have positive leverage on this play, which means you uh, a bigger percentage of your lineups has this player than other players in the contest here. And then same thing for Burns, right? So Burns is negative leverage for us. So we only have one lineup with Burns, one out of 20, which for 5%. We're expecting 33% of lineups in the pool to have Burns, so approximately a third, right? So third of 20 is going to be about seven, let's so we have like six less lineups on average than the field does with this player in those lineups. So we have negative leverage. So we're saying, hey, we have 28, 28% less of our lineups have burns than what the field will have on average here. So, so plays that you have negative leverage on, you want to do bad. And plays that you have positive leverage on, you want to do good. So this is a way of judging players uh, individually here on on a um on a like player by player basis against the perceived uh field ownership here so that that is what we are doing we are judging ownership in the contest versus ownership in your lineup set and then telling you which plays you are basically uh rooting for and which plays you are rooting against in this scenario if if that didn't cover it Montero I'm happy to talk about it more um you know no no problem circling back on this one so just let me know all right scrolling back up uh, question from Noah. Noah said, what is the best strategy to find a unique NBA showdown line in a 20 max contest? Okay. So I I would say that, you know, for NBA showdown specifically, don't fall in love with unique lineups. Um, the, the reason being is that, you know, uh, I think it's actually very easy to find a unique lineup because there are lineups that have such low win probabilities that nobody is going to play them uh, in, in, in a short form here. Right. So we kind of want to try and find this balance here where we are playing lineups with a reasonably high win expectation, but a lower duplication rate overall. So I think that, you know, you should be pretty comfortable playing lineups, especially in NBA showdown of all formats where, you know, these lineups might be projected to be duped 10 ish times, you know, maybe 20 at like the highest rate. Um, it also depends on the contest, right? The contest size, et cetera here. Uh, so, so this is really like a question of like geomine, which is going to be like a great starting point here. So if you're on the pro plan, what you can do is you can create a custom metric here where it's going to do my ownership, geomean, uh, slash product, and then you're going to do the value. So the value 
it's actually going to calculate it for you. So it's going to take all the ownerships for the players and then calculate the geometric mean here. And then it's going to do that for every single lineup. So then what you could do is you could do a uh, formula here where we, we break this down really well in a support video. It's actually like a four minute watch. If you want to learn how to apply it uh, to your process for your contest that you're playing here. So if you are on, um, if you're on the Saberson tab, you go to settings, drop down, you go to help. We'll open up our support documentation, go down to frequently asked questions, click view more. And then in the search bar, just type geometric mean. And then we have this four minute video. I walked through some ownership versus product ownership versus geometric mean, how to apply it on the pro plan, how to apply it on the standard plan. So four minute watch. Uh, I think that, you know, we, we condensed this down pretty well here, but getting, getting back to SaberSim here. Uh, so once I were to calculate the formula for whatever, um, number of dupes that I want. I usually start with like a guardrail approach. So what I'll do is I would do something like uh, start with 20 projected dupes and then I would do 20. It's 20 divided by the number of entries in your contest. So let's say it's a 15,000 person contest. You take that to the power of one divided by N where N is the number of players in the lineup. So it'd be 20 divided by 15,000 to the power of one over six here. That comes out to 33.18. So what I'm saying is that, hey, any lineup that has a geo mean less than 33.18 is projected to be duped no more than 20 times. This is an estimate, but it's a good estimate overall here. So then I'm saying all those lineups that do not meet that criteria, go and get rid of them. So then it moved 14 lineups above that threshold over to the trash here where these lineups are, are very, very chalky. And then from here, you can figure out if you want to go lower, right? So we only got rid of 14 lineups out of our 500. So I'm okay. Uh, I say, okay, you know, we didn't get rid of that many lineups. Let's be a little more aggressive with this number. And maybe we'll do lineups that are projected to be 10 times. So in that equation, we replace the 20 with a 10. So 10 divided by 15,000 to the power of one over six. And then that comes out to 29.56 here. So then I'm going to adjust this number down to 29.56. And I'm going to hit save. So then now we, we've we've gotten rid of another like 50 plus lineups here. So this is probably the point where I would stop. I do not want to, um, what's the word, trash like a large number of lineups from my pool here. I only want to use this as a tool to get rid of like the, the, the highest projected dupe lineups and then filter further from there. So even in this example, we've actually gotten rid of the highest two ranked lineups in our pool here. So the two highest lineups were our number one at sim optimal 12, and then our number two at sim optimal 11 here. So this formula actually got rid of these two lineups here. So, so, you know, that is something you need to consider like, okay, you know, maybe I leave it at 20 and include these lineups or maybe I don't. Right. So these two SIM optimals of 12 and 11 are new highest SIM optimal for lineup three is six. So we make a big jump here from uh, 12 SIM optimals, 11 SIM optimals down to six SIM optimals, but we're getting rid of those lineups because of the duplication risk here. So that is a trade-off that I am not saying you should or should not make, but it's it's a it's, it, that should be a conscious decision when going through this exercise. Like, you know, do I really want to get rid of those lineups? 
Um, if the answer is yes, then okay, roll with it. If the answer is no, then then I understand, right? So um, that's one way here. Uh, you can do things with, you know, um, roster construction. You get to look at, you know, one thing I like to do is run a cash lineup at zero zero settings, see what the most popular captains are going to be, see what the most popular stack constructions are going to be here. So I don't know what the spread is for this game, but usually, um, you know, you can like look at the spread. So it looks like Lakers are favored very slightly here by like two points. So you might see a lot of three, three builds. You might see some Lakers four two builds. Um, the, the cash build can give you some more of that information. So maybe you favor the op, the opposite of that, right? Uh, maybe you go and you look at team stacks where it's, uh, Denver is, is the, uh, four in that four, two, maybe you build some five, five ones, you know, make sure that some of these lineups that are being generated are included in your set. Right. So there are different things with, with, uh, roster construction and lineup construction that I think you can do here to try and get different. You can do other filters for salary. Uh, you know, maybe you get rid of 50 K lineups or lineups that use the entire salary cap. Cause those are more likely to be built. Right. So finding different ways to find a construction that the, that the field is uh, less likely to play is going to be your best friend here. Uh, Noah said last night's winner was the first unique showdown winner in a while. Yeah. And, 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 uh, from, from what I saw that this person used the entire salary cap, right? So I didn't look into it too much. I know that Miami, you know, blew out Boston by like 20 plus points. Um, so, so, you know, that's, that's a great example of like, Hey, the spread is close. You know, the, the field's expecting this game to be tight and then the game gets out of hand in one way or another. And then you could find a construction that was just, very, very different from what projections and optimizers were, were telling you is the most likely outcome here, right? So I think that um, optimizing for some of those situations, like that's why I'm saying, you know, maybe for some of those five ones in one direction or the other, you know, you can find ways to get different where you're not putting a ton of uh, lineups into that situation. Um, you know, we're, we're only allocating a small percentage of our portfolio to that, but those are the lineups that might ultimately end up getting there for you. And then uh, AK, AK was right on, uh, you know, suggesting Geomean to Noah here, which is exactly what we ended up talking about. Uh, question from Shane. I always end up with the highest team in my pool being my lowest exposed in my builds. Is this something SS is considering based on ownership or should I definitely adjust my exposures for that? Example being for today's main, my pool exposure of 5K shows Miami at 47%, but less than 1% in my builds. Gotcha. Thank you for the example. That that actually cleared up a lot here. Uh, so let's go over to MLB. Uh, so so this is this is like kind of the scenario that that I'm always uh, trying to be super aware of here, where we have Miami in Colorado. Their, st- their estimated sack exposure based on the way that we're estimating it is like 30 to 35 percent here um they're they're in a ton of our pool lineups but saberson does not like this play because of their ownerships because the individual batter ownerships are so high when we go and look at our saber score formula here we have a negative 0.6 percent uh or it's it's actually 60 percent so it's negative 0.6 times the average adjusted ownership here. So we are negatively weighting uh, average adjusted ownership. And because the batter ownerships are so high, Saber Sam does not want to play this play. Um, I think that this is a great opportunity for you to say, hey, you know, 
I understand that we want to be underweight on Miami, but Miami is just such a better play than every other uh, team on the slate from like just the raw amount of times that they show up here that I don't want to be so negatively leveraged on Miami. That's almost too much risk in the negative direction for me here. So maybe I want to play Miami at like a third of the rate that the field is playing them. And then maybe I want to make sure that those three Miami stacks are all five stacks, which they actually are here. So it's like, Hey, you know, um, I'm okay being underweight on Miami, but in the event that Miami is as good as, as the rate that they're coming up here, I want to make sure I have some Miami five stacks. I definitely don't want any Miami two stacks or, or three stacks here, maybe because um, if, if I think my, if I'm going to play Miami at, at a negative rate, I want to make sure that, you know, I'm accounting for the times where they smash the slate. And I have some of those occasions. Uh, Miami is going to be a two stack. I think that I could probably find a different type of two stack in that scenario. So, so this is a great example, I think for um, doing some risk management for the builder in, in the opposite direction. You know, we're usually looking at the times where the builder is playing the pitcher at a really high rate. Uh, Sometimes you want to see the times where the pitcher, where the builder is playing is not playing a team when it, when it maybe should play them a little more here. So I, I am a big fan of this type of risk management. All right. Um, getting lower in the question queue here in the YouTube chat. So if anybody has any last questions, now is a great time to get them in. We're just going to keep rolling here. Uh, Franklin said, do you still run the promo of giving a free month when you place top five in a tournament? And how do you do that? Uh, great question here. So this is referring to our winner circle here. And yes, we still do have our winner circle. So if you go to sabersim.com, you just go to the, um, home, like the, the main page here, but before you log in up at the top, we have the winner circle here. Um, this is the promotion that you're talking about here. So if you go down and you can read the full rules here, uh, basically what you have to do is finish in the top five, uh, finishers of a contest here. And you have to win at least a thousand dollars. The prize has to be, um, the prize has to be at least 10 times your entry fee, the tournament has to have at least 100 players. And then you have to use one of our logos. And then after the contest, take a screenshot of your win, post it on Twitter and tag us at SaberSim. And then our support team will reach out to you and you will be able to claim your prizes here. So this is a list of all the winners uh, in the 1 to 10K range here. And what you get is a free month of SaberSim uh, swag box, which usually includes like koozies, a water bottle, some stickers, and then you get a t-shirt. And then... Your, your name and win gets uh, shown here for forever. And then, you know, we also have other tiers here, uh, 10K tier with 10K wins, 100K tier, and then a million tier, which at a million, you get free Saber Sim for life. So you just go through here, see all of the different prizes you win at the different uh, payouts here. And it's a, a special place for our uh, max challenge, which we run during NFL season here. So this promotion is always going on. You can find it at this page here and take advantage and, and win some awesome prizes. Neil said, uh, actually, let me get the SaberSim homepage pulled back up. Neil said, Sim diversity on nine instead of 10 for research builds with a question mark. And yes, so the reason that I like to do this is because for MLB, you're never going to need an optimal to win a large classic slate contest here. 
so I'm not really trying to figure out, you know, how often a team shows up in the optimal. That's like our way of simulating optimals is by running a slate simulation where you take one instance of each game on the slate and then use that to build your lineups. Um, I don't really need that, right? I, I only need the winning lineup in my contest, which is usually way far off from the optimal. The optimal is going to be, you know, a bunch of individual pieces where guys, you know, probably hit home runs or one or two or had really high games. And then um, a lineup might, a optimal lineup might be, you know, a two stack lineup with a bunch of one-offs, right? Uh, we don't really need that outcome. That, uh, that outcome is not going to uh, be needed to win our contest. So I'm just trying to find uh, coalitions of players where they show up in in a um, smaller number of sims. Like I, I only want to take these small buckets of sims. And then if the player is showing up in those, that's enough for me, right? That is going to help me figure out where the best plays of the day are. So that's why I run it on nine as opposed to 10. Uh, Franklin said, I, I placed second in one yesterday. Yeah, so check out that page and uh, get that posted and we will be happy to award you uh, reward you for your win. So congratulations on the win. All right, Ryan said, obviously SaberSim recommends only playing no more than 2% of your bankroll for showdown, but is there a difference in contest selection? I have been doing the same 75% of diversifiers and 25% elevators for showdown. Um, so good question here. So, you know, what Ryan is referring to is our DFS profit plan. Um, we recommend, you know, 2.5% to 5% uh, a day for any correlated slates here, but we're usually talking about classic slates here, right? Showdowns can be a lot more variant here, uh, just due to the nature of a game being played one single time here, right? I think you see this all the time in NFL. Uh, Kyler Murray goes down on the second play of the game. Uh, Naheem Hines gets a concussion on the first drive where Jonathan Taylor is out. And, you know, like those, those showdowns can just be so wild, right? Uh, so in general here, we talk about playing less of your bankroll on these showdown slates, which I think, you know, one to 2.5%, you know, go from that 2.5 to 5% in your, in your classic slates, and then come down to like one to 2.5% for your showdown contests here. Um, personally, I, I still try to do something similar here. There's usually like 20 maxes or 150 maxes down in these smaller stakes where you're still staying under $3 here. And then you could still find some single entries here. Um, I, I don't have a great idea of the lobby for NBA at the moment, which is probably what you're referring to, but, I, but you know, it is not a perfect 75 and 25%. I would say, uh, we, we suggest a range here. So the range is 50 to 75% diversifiers and then 25 to 50% of your single entries and three maxes here. So uh, we, we try to provide those ranges to give you some flexibility. So if you're playing something closer to 50, 50, I think that's okay as well here. That's well within the ranges here. I think that if you're somebody who wants to play more lineups, playing those 20 maxes and 150 maxes closer to 75% of your bankroll allocation, uh, makes more sense. But if you are not finding the contest that kind of fit that, I think it's okay to play 20 max and 150 max at closer to 50% of your bankroll allocation and then play some of those uh, single entries and three maxes a little more there. So uh, don't, the 75, 25 is not like a hard set in stone thing. Uh, be open to, to mixing that up a little bit here. All right. Franklin said, uh, Hey Andrew, I use GeoMe to trash some of the lineups and showdown. Is there a good added filter to using classic MLB to trash some of the lineups? Uh, so, so really 
I try to avoid trashing lineups for MLB Classic here. Uh, what I'm trying to do in Showdown is I'm trying to take a group of lineups and basically whittle it down further to the lineups that I want to take with me into my contest that fit the game script that I'm optimizing for. Um, in, in Classic Slates, you know, I'm trying to get as unique as I can here and, and get more spread out. So I'm really not trying to trash anything in that instance. I'm trying to balance diversity with um, Sabre score and, and rank in my lineup pool with uh, some of the exposures that I want to get to certain teams. And I'm the almost, you know, for classic slates, the more lineups I have, the better uh, available in my pool. And for showdown, I'm trying to take this group and say, okay, how do I get from 500 to 400? How do I find the best 20 out of this 400 that I possibly can? So uh, two different lines of thinking there. Um, I would suggest not trashing any lineups for your MLB classic slates. And what I would instead say is that, you know, if there are lineups with certain things that you are seeing that you don't want to see, make those adjustments in the home screen and kind of go from there. So maybe you want to set a rule that says, um, you know, must have a four stack if you're not open to ever playing any three stacks, right? Um, and then, you know, that is an extra, but we did this exercise and they were like, at, in, a, in a build default, no restrictions, you would lose about one to 2% of your lineups. One to 2% of your lineups in the pool would have a three stack. And if you want to get those percentages back, just set the rule and, and be okay with it. But uh, kind of a personal choice there, but definitely two lines of thinking. Neil said, good question, Ryan. I've thought about this myself. I tend to like the large field MME a lot more for showdown. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, I, I totally understand it, guys. And if you want to lean higher on the MME side for, for this, I would I would totally do that. Shane said, perfect answer. The stack type exposure suggestion helps a ton as well. Thanks. Yep. Happy to uh, help you guys out there. Looks like a uh, good feedback uh, from Montero here. Montero, appreciate it. And I appreciate all you guys tuning in. You know, you guys make this show happen. A lot of great questions. You know, Montero said, covered a lot of stuff I have on my mind. That is because something that you might be thinking that you might have a question about, some other user probably has a question about as well. And you taking that step to ask the question uh, only helps out everybody watching the show. So appreciate everybody tuning in here and asking questions. We will be right back here tomorrow for our next show, Tuesday of this week, uh, same time. 2 p.m. Eastern. But in the meantime, before we get out of here, uh, wrong screen. Before we get out of here, if you guys are not playing on Owner's Box, I highly suggest taking advantage of this new DFS site. They are a smaller site. The contests overlay a lot. The contests are generally softer uh, because a lot of pros are not playing over on this site just yet. Uh, use promo code SABER or SABERSIM. When you sign up, you get a $500 deposit bonus, and we will track your entry fees, and you can earn free months of SaberSim. We have options for standard, pro, and prop plan for different entry-level tiers. The great thing is that there is no limit to the amount of credit that you can earn. Once you cash in, we will reset your um, tracking to zero, and then once you hit that threshold again, we will reach out to you and ask you if you want to cash in at that same prize point here. But great show, everybody. Until tomorrow, good luck in your contest. Take care. I will see you all. Thanks. Bye.